Welcome back to The Hang. My name is Nick Finzer, and we're here with Alan Blanchard, and we are talking all things uh, adjacent to music uh, on The Hang, and um, just trying to uh, fill those in on kind of the up-to-date uh, state of the state of the industry, I guess, kind of talking about uh, different things and just kind of bringing to attention. You know, we had a great guest, a couple great guests on before. We had Chris Diemba, a great pianist and the Airman of Note, who, uh, as a matter of fact, just got in touch with me because there's a couple openings coming up in the military bands. If you're a person that's interested in that, I think for the Airman of Note, they have a bass opening and also two trombone openings coming up that I know of, that I heard of through the grapevine. And so if you are one of those people and interested in that kind of thing, maybe watch out for that. I know I've seen the bass audition being um, advertised already online. So I'm sure those other ones will be online soon. And then before that, we had Adam Larson on, if you want to go back and check out some of those episodes, talking about uh, writing books and entrepreneurship. And he's teaching in Kansas City now and uh, the move from New York to there and a whole bunch of kind of issues kind of surrounding music is usually when we're talking about with artists, we're talking about their releases and talking about, you know, what's, uh, what's happening with them. But so this show is to kind of fill in the blanks of the rest of what happens in a musician's life. So uh, I think I want to posture by posture. I want to start anyway. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not at all. <laughs> I don't want to posture at all. I want to ask Alan a question because I know he has some uh, exciting news about a new trumpet. I heard you got a new trumpet recently. Oh yeah. Okay. I didn't expect that. Yeah. I just got, um, signed a, an endorsement with, uh, Exo Brass, which is underneath, uh, Jupiter and, and KHS like that, uh, large, um, what's KHS music corporation. That's, I think that's like the, the, the technical name of like the corporation it's under, uh, um, KHS America is like the the actual business name but like brands under there's like Hercules and Jupiter and Honer oh. and Exobrass and such. Um I didn't realize that was all one company. Hercules was part of them. Yeah, Hercules is and um let's see what else like Mapex Drums is and Sonar Drums. It's it's kind of like how uh Con Selmer owns tons of stuff too, you know. Right, right, totally. Um but yeah, just signed that. I guess uh, week, week, maybe two weeks. I don't, I don't know. It's it's been a, it's very recent though. You're right. Um, so was cool. what was that like? I know you went. There's the factory is kind of near to where you're based right now. So what was that whole yeah. process like? I think this is something that people are very um, interested in. At least young artists. Like, how do I get endorsed? What does it mean to be endorsed? So maybe we can um, kind of compare and contrast. Sure. And I mean, I think we have uh, probably many different experiences. One, because you've done things and I'm starting <laughs> to do things. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it by no means started with the intent of uh, trying to get an endorsement or, or anything of the nature. It was just, um, like you said, like their headquarters is located uh, outside of Nashville. So it wasn't that far away. And I've never been close to a place that really had like a lot of instruments to go try. Um, so I'd been talking with a trumpet player here in town, Rod Magaha. He was like, man, why don't you go hit this guy up? Like, go try some of the horns. You know, I've been looking for like a flugelhorn and, um, I haven't really ever played many other horns besides my horn. 
And so, or my old horn, I guess now. Um, and so I went out and we set up a time and he was like, yeah, why don't you come by and try some instruments and whatnot. And, uh, so they, they set me up in this, this room and I just played trumpet for several hours, you know, and it was like seeing all the different models and, and different, um, you know, learning like, oh, well, this is how this trumpet feels. And this is how the same model of the trumpet feels with like a reverse tuning slide and all that. Um, which was cool because I try not to be a gearhead. You know, I try not to understand like what that is, but when you have them side by side, you can, I guess, kind of, uh, feel it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the end of it, uh, the, the gentleman I'd been in talks with said, Hey, well, you know, like, like you sound good. Um, I, I've heard a lot about you. You know, I like some of the things that you say that you have been doing and, and we'd like to, uh, move forward with this if, if you're interested. And, and um, you know, talked over details and, and signed and, and now, uh, looking forward to keep working with him and, and, uh, other experiences coming forward and whatnot. So what does it entail? So you, you signed an agreement that says, you don't have to give away the specifics, but like, so what, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what is it like, um, what kind of general things will they help you with or won't they help you with? Yeah. I mean, my, they, uh, obviously like I, I play their instruments now. That's, that's kind of a big thing when you do like an endorsement deal, you mm-hmm. don't really, uh, and I mean, some people do it and it's, it's very frowned upon and usually, uh, breaks your contract, you know? Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I now, like, I still have my other trumpet. I didn't sell it or anything. Um, but it's chilling in the case and I now play exo brass, mm-hmm. um, exclusively and whatnot, which is cool. And, you know, we had talked about, uh, how music education is something um, I'm really big into and, and trying to help jazz education in what regards, because I, I think it's pretty poor in the public school system and whatnot and, and how to give oh, back sure. and, and yeah. such like that. And, um, the he was talking about how like KHS is really behind that and and really supports it. So uh had been mentioning down the road possibilities of helping out with like um doing KHS master classes and, and uh events and, and whatnot and trying to create um some content and everything that that really tries to to give back and promote music education, which is really cool, you know, because I think uh from what I've talked to several people that have various endorsements, you know, it certainly ranges um, on what scale they actually want to help the artists do, do outreach like this and give back and, and do music education and whatnot. And I think that's um, some people's complaints when they, when they start doing with companies is they might have you play their, their instruments or whatnot, but that's the end of the relationship, you know? And so it's, it's, it's really cool to be uh, in works with someone where I, I feel like, uh, you know, they really do support what I want to do. They really do want to do outreach. They really do want to give back, you know, and it's not just a um, branding or, or anything of that regard, you know? Sure, sure. So do they, I mean, I guess you've used a still a new relationship. So I know, you know, sometimes um, there's kind of like a limit or a cap or what they say they'll want to do. Did you, did they talk about any of that stuff? Or is it no. just kind of open-ended at this point? Not yet. I mean, it's, it's basically, uh, I think at this point we're kind of just like at a, um, you know, if, if something comes up or if there's an idea or if there's something you want to try to do, 
Um, or if you're doing stuff that isn't necessarily involved with us, you know, but you want to like, let us know, just reach out and, and talk to us. There mm-hmm. wasn't any like stipulations of we expect this amount of minimum or this is the maximum that we'll, we'll do or anything. Sure. Um, but there was also no uh, guarantee, you know, which I, I think is completely reasonable. All this stuff is very, um, you know, case by case, figuring out what you're what you're going to do if that lines up with that. And I'm just as much as they're still trying to figure out me, you know, I'm still trying to figure out them, you know, and, and what mm-hmm. way I can um, best help, you know? So I think, um, y- you know, they're, they're very prominent and supportive here in, in middle Tennessee, but that's just because of the nature of like, you have the headquarters down the road and whatnot, which is really cool. And it's so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's like it's really new, and the chances of me um, setting up a masterclass or anything in the next month or, or whatnot is is uh, probably not going to happen, you know. But it's, it's. I think it's just going to be um, seeing how it pans out in the future. But they seemed really on board with everything, which was very encouraging. Um, That's great. Yeah, which I like. Again, I've heard of like a lot of other artists. Um, like that's a thing that they weigh is like how much do they like the instruments and then how much like will said company actually support them and what they want to do, you know, and it's it's a balancing act between the two. Yeah. And so let's also try to clear this up, but it's not necessarily that this company or any company is just going to straight up like give you a bunch of trumpets. Right. Oh, right. 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 <laughs> I mean, unless you're like. Went Marcellus or, or or someone like that that's getting back behind a company that's by no means um means the case you know especially for for younger musicians that are just really getting into it right sometimes I think people get it in their head because like certain companies like I feel like you know from afar you look at like drum companies and it seems like they give out a lot more stuff you know but uh like drumsticks and maybe some cymbals and stuff but like you know, these wind instrument companies, they're not just like handing out $5,000 instruments left and right to all different kinds of people. And I think a lot of times young artists expect like you're, you're going to sign a deal and they're going to give you a bunch of whatever instrument you play, but it's really kind of the opposite. You kind of play their instruments and then they develop a relationship with you. And then over time you, you know, you've, you've turned that relationship into a mutually beneficial ones. Cause if you're not selling any product for them or, helping them to reach new audiences, then you're kind of worthless to them. So I think that sometimes young artists get it in their head that they're doing it for Instagram and they're trying to be like, I'm endorsed by so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. But like, it doesn't mean in reality that they're just like sending you 25,000 trumpets and then you can just do whatever you want, you know? Right. I mean, it's like any relationship ever. It's just what you make of it. Um, and I think that's a great point that you brought up with like percussion versus anything else per se, you know, like if, if they send you some sticks, I mean, outside of just talking about companies, like let's look at the cost of it. Right. Like four or five sets of sticks is, you know, right. hundred dollars retail or whatever. There, but yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, a trombone, not a hundred dollars retail. And if it is, I don't know if it's a trombone you want to play, you know? Oh man, you know, my students were just showing me on Amazon that you can actually buy trombones for like, maybe not a hundred, but like $200 from, um, I don't know where China. Is maybe. it plastic? No metal. Huh? 
Yeah. They were like, yeah, you can do this. I don't know. We got on this sidebar topic during our rehearsal and just all of a sudden like, yeah, you know, you could just like buy, we're talking about super bones. You know what a super bone is? Is that the one with valves and Trump? Uh, and slide. And yeah. Maynard yeah. used to play, play one for whatever reason. Um, it's kind of a silly instrument, I think, but, um, <laughs> anyway, so we got on the, somehow we got on the topic of super bone and then they're like, you know, you can buy one of those on, on Amazon for like, 200 bucks and i'm like no what do you mean you can't possibly you know get an instrument for that amount of money but you can and <laughs> you can buy like all these crazy instruments i don't know if it's the same for trumpet but you can buy there's like listings for like trombones and like chimbasos which is like a kind of like a tuba slash valve trombone and like all this different stuff like super cheap from china I, it might be actually plastic but that doesn't say that it's plastic yeah, there's a uh, professional pro plastic C trumpet for 140 bucks. There we go. Professional pro, not pro or professional, but a professional yeah. pro plastic trumpet. I bet it sounds <laughs> really good. I bet it plays very yeah. open and free. Yeah, I mean, I would, um, I would just caution anybody: <laughs> if the deal sounds too good, it's it's most likely too good. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. But if you want to have a trombone toss, it could be a good way to get a cheap trombone. Yeah. Um, we used to do that as a fundraiser at Eastman. Trombone toss. Really? Oh, yeah. Where'd you guys get the old... trombones? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if they were like ones, some, like an old student trombone that somebody got at like a pawn shop or something, or if it was actually like. So I think they were like broken or really old or like they were going to go in the trash or they'd just been sitting around for a long time. But um, they, I'm pretty sure they used to keep the trombone toss trombone like in a certain place. And so we'd use that, you know, year to year. But it was a fundraiser. It was who could throw the trombone the farthest. And how much do you get to pay to throw the trombone? I don't know. It was like a couple bucks. Five bucks maybe. See, you got a trombone. You get to toss the trombone. But like you know how you have um like there's those certain things in life that like you it might not be happening right now but it's so vividly like makes you want to cringe like nails sure. on chalkboard or like someone's like fork in the bottom of the bowl or something like that Oh yeah that's a bad one yeah Like the sound of a trombone hitting concrete <laughs> is also that <laughs> I forget we did it in the grass though Oh, great. Even better. Okay. Yeah, yeah. right. That's just a clang, 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 you know? Yeah. Oh, that's just, I mean, that, that must've been a good fundraiser. Um, it was fun at least for us. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen schools that have like uh piano smashes. Piano smash? What? Like yeah, regular hammer? Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a sledgehammer and like a grand, like not a grand piano, like a upright piano. That's like really right. old. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. and usually to my understanding, they go through and like cut all the wires beforehand because they don't want like the tension <laughs> causing oh, yeah. like a wire to slap out. But yeah, I've seen those a couple of times. I've never seen that. Did they do that at FSU? No, not at FSU. Are you kidding me? Come on. We wouldn't no, not I don't there. Know. I, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just a Tennessee thing. I thought that sounded like something that could happen in the Florida panhandle. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's like at um, in Nashville, uh, they they like nicknamed it uh, where the Predators play the Smashville, and like they have like car smashes all the time. 
Oh, like demolition. Yeah, you can go derby? out there. And, not not like a demolition derby. Like there's a car and people hit it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I don't get throwing trombones. It's raising money. It's a good though. fundraiser. It was a good fundraiser. Yeah, maybe they my need to fundraise money. My my dad used to do the the demolition derby. That's the only reason I. He would that. drive in the demolition derby. Yeah. How my dad? Yeah, I don't know. It was what he liked to do. How do you pick that up? Like, what's that hobby where you're like, you know what I really want to do? Well, he drive didn't play demolition music. derby. <laughs> so that was the next obvious thing, right? Was the demolition derby. Exactly. Yeah. You go straight from trombone to demolition derby. Yeah. They had like a tryout one weekend and they said, yeah, you can drive. Okay. No, I don't know why he did that. I don't, I have no idea. But he Does did. he still do it? No, no, he doesn't do it. Ah. When, just when he, before he always says that that was a before kids thing. That's what he would say. <laughs> so I don't even know. I don't even know what that's like. I've seen pictures, but. That's nuts. Yeah. But anyway, going back to um, endorsements, congratulations. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> no, thank you. And uh, thank you. yeah, it's, uh, I hope that it's long and fruitful relationship. Because uh, I, you know, sometimes these things don't work out super well. But I'm uh, glad that they're being so supportive. And it seems like I know in the trombone side that they were doing some exciting things with um, John Fedchok. He has two two models of XO trombone. And then I know his wife, Jen Wharton is also an, also a XO artist, which is cool. So, and I know that sometimes Jupiter used to at least get a bad rap, but I've played the horns and they definitely, definitely are way better than they used to be. So, um, yeah. And I mean, I think it's important to know that like, um, they have like, again, like we were talking about like all these companies underneath it, like XO brass is Jupiter. Yeah. But like, that's their, professional brass line you know mm-hmm. so i don't think you can judge any company by its student horn or whatnot you know because obviously that's meant with a certain uh clientele and and uh and thought you know your your kid who's probably gonna throw his own trumpet not as a fundraiser you know hey, hey well. <laughs> <laughs> um but no it was cool yeah like uh they were talking about john was on it and uh was learning like other people like Paul McKee um, is XO Brass who used to teach at FSU before you. And um, I talked to TJ Norris because he plays with the dozen and the dozen is with XO Brass as well, which I, you know, I had no, that's idea. the dirty dozen brass band for those that yes. are uninitiated. So what that is. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the dirty dozen brass band out of new Orleans. Um, even though I, we just call it the dozen, but yeah, if you want to be cool, just call it the dozen. I guess that's what they do. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, really? Hmm. Well, now you know. Now I do. Exactly. Um, man, uh, have you well go ahead. What do you got? No, 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 no. I was go ahead. Okay, well, man, I was just gonna say, uh, I know this isn't really necessarily jazz aware, but do you keep up with like the CMAs or anything like that? Country music awards? This yeah, is a country Nashville thing, man. Nobody cares about that. Okay, well there was the jazz uh world. <laughs> let me modify that statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it was an interesting read because they were uh last night. Oh, okay. And- no, I the only thing that I saw was when I was working out this morning, there was a tabloid news, I think, on the TV, and they were talking about that Carrie Underwood maybe was pregnant. That's what I saw. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what they took from it. Um okay, cool. 
Well, no, it's it's interesting if you just want to go read on it because they were trying to um, um, promote um, women in in the country music business last night, and so uh-huh. there were like uh, one of the stars, Jennifer Nettles, showed up in like this outfit um, that was talking about like equal pay and like uh, talking to radio stations about like please play our records um, and such. And, and the night was supposed to highlight like these great women of the industry with like Carrie Underwood, who evidently, you know, tabloid stories, Reba McIntyre, Dolly Parton and Jennifer Nettle and, and a bunch of uh, great women. So it's just like being in Nashville, <laughs> it's something you don't really escape the CMAs going on. So uh, people have been sending articles and, and whatnot. Friends were playing the, the after parties and everything. So I was just curious as to where your, uh, your scope of, of music goes, if it's past jazz or, or not. It's past jazz, but it does not extend into country music other than I think Phil just played with Gavin DeGraw, Phil Dizak, that is Philip Dizak. Oh, all right. All right, Phil. That's, uh, that's, I would not have expected that. That's cool though. <laughs> well, because he does horn section sometimes, but, um, I got you. But the only reason I think that is that it's connected to the jazz scene is because I think, uh, uh, well, a guy that I went to jazz camp with plays guitar in his band. So I think there's some kind and he went to MSM for jazz bass, this guy. And so that's what I think where Phil knows him from. So I think that's the connection. But uh, I don't know. My Yeah, my country music uh, awareness is pretty small because uh, I've never been attracted to the music, I guess. Man, you got to, um, well, okay, let me ask you this. I'll ask you the same question. I think we both ask anybody that listens to jazz, how much mm-hmm. have you given, um, or says that they say the same thing about jazz. How many chances have you given country music? Uh, well, I mean, how many chances have I given? I mean, I feel yeah, like, like how you, sure, sure. But you know, it's just like, um, I was having this discussion with somebody the other day that said something like. I don't like rap and I don't like jazz or whatever. And they were like going to be a, um, they were in school for music education. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, um, let alone the fact that really it's also your job, you know, in my opinion, to expose your kids to as many different objects or, and, and types of music as, as you possibly can. But, you know, for me to be like, oh, I don't like rap. Well, there's so many different kinds of rap. And I think so many people, like the first with that specifically, their first connotation is like, well, I don't like not being able to understand the lyrics. And it's like, OK, well, there's very like different <laughs> styles of it, you know, in any genre of music or whatnot that um, I think someone will go listen to and they'll be like, wait, this is actually country or this is actually like rap and be like, yep, this is now you've learned. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I was just curious about how much um, you uh, checked out and whatnot. Um, well, no, I've never sat down with a connoisseur of country music and had them show <laughs> me what's like the real good stuff to check out, you know? So that's true. I have not gone that deep, but the stuff that I've heard in general, you know, spending a bunch of time in Texas, I have heard a lot of country music just in the air, you know? Right. And I right, can't right. say that I'm attracted to that sound. It just has the... Uh, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't really like how the lyrics are like, j- they kind of follow the same like storytelling thing about, I don't know. It just seems so 
unpolished to me. It it seems like just very like I want music. I like music that transcends the human experience. Like that's why I like jazz because people are channeling a lot of knowledge and inspiration and uh, generations of studying this music. And to me, it like transcends any one person. Right. But to me, it's just not, it doesn't do that for me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't uh, show me that there's like, something else out there that inspires people, you know, it's just like very literal. Do you, are you one of those, um, people and I I won't tell you my, my thoughts yet. Um, like, do you refer to it it being jazz? Do you refer to it as like the music and like the music is, is like a living and breathing like entity that we are just kind of like tapping into, or do you think that it's music that we create? Well, that's an interesting question. I don't know if I've ever made the distinction. Um, I think it's both. I don't, I get I don't that. see that those two things are exclusive. I see how they're different, but I don't think they're, I don't think they're separated. They could be, I could see what you mean, but I, I think that when I talk, I, I, I only say the music because that's uh, become kind of parlance within the jazz. Sure. sure. Uh, ecosystem or whatever um to say that but you know that i just think like improvised music takes a level of mastery well not i mean there's a loaded statement what i'm going to say but i was just, <laughs> just going to say you know like it takes a level of mastery that is at a different level of understanding than a high level musician of other sorts you know like being an able to execute something as at a very high level is like a craftsman. That's like somebody that can follow a pattern and build something. Right. But like being a jazz, not jazz specifically, but being an improviser is like more of the moment and like creating something based on, you know, we know what it is. It's like creating something in the moment. That's like more connected to the moment than, than like just being able to execute something. There's like, there's something else there, you know? Yeah, and I think we spend um, the majority of our life trying to find that something else, <laughs> you know, like how to how to uh, put our thumbs on it. Because I think outside of the loadedness of saying like takes a, a different level of mastery or whatnot, I think the one of the more difficult things too is that you have to be so um, emotionally open with yourself to really like get to that the the level that I think that we Id- of of like a lot of the people that we idolize and whatnot because if you can't get past like surface level stuff necessarily I don't think your music will necessarily get to the the most impactful state you know cuz sure. it's it's very like it's very personal especially with writing music and such, and I don't mean personal as in like your way is always right, and someone can't give you you know thoughts on how to adjust it, but um, I think that's something that a lot of younger musicians struggle with is like how to put themselves in a in a in a position of vulnerability to be able to um uh create on that kind of a level and like an improvisatory nature or 
composition or, or, or what have you, you know, to like be able to set yourself aside and like just be vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, people struggle with that in every facet of life, not just, uh, playing improvised music. Oh, sure. But like, that's like, yeah, right, right, right. But you, you know, it's something that everyone struggles with. And then you were like, okay, well, let me choose a career that literally does that every single time I do my career, you know? Um, Sure. And it's just, it's, it's nuts. And that's kind of like with that idea of like the music is an entity versus like creating music. I think a way that I've learned, not, I wouldn't even say learned a way that I've like started to, to divide that is like those moments where it's like you were just playing versus like you were like really playing together like all those shows and I, i'm sure that you've had those experiences like where some shows where you're like going through the motions and then other shows where you're like hey something you know cool happened tonight or, or we even hear it on recordings you know mm-hmm. um like again how i'm obsessed with kenny garrett's sing a song of song like that day was the music you know versus uh me sitting here and shedding confirmation that was just me trying to play music you know sure um sure so I don't know. It's just, it's, it's an interesting thing because I feel like even like to kind of go into it more, you know, even if people don't intend to that studying um, jazz and in a greater sense, music to some extent almost forces your hand to be um, like spiritual in some regards, especially with how many like musicians in jazz view it in such a spiritual nature, whether it's tied to like their personal religion or tied to uh, some form of a the music type discussion or or whatnot, you know? Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I get. I, I'm not sure that that. I I don't I don't think that I connect with that necessarily. Yeah. I don't I don't believe that. I don't believe people are just channeling something else. I think that it comes from. <laughs> a lot of intense study and experience and you know i, I just I, I don't think i don't like the i feel like it's an, almost an excuse but maybe maybe it's something that's holding me back there's not buying into that that they're you know that is you're just like channeling something else you know greater power or whatever yeah i i get what you mean i think it was like almost like there's a there is a way to look at it of like their you channeling something else and something else is like using you as a vehicle or there's like the other aspect of looking at it from, from a less literal perspective. And it's like, um, just recognizing that you're, you're, you're trying to be selfless and, and can contribute to something else. Um, right. Which I think I, I personally might more, um, buy into like the idea of, of being a, uh, a part of something and and like that is the something you're trying to do versus that my playing is just a vehicle for something that already exists. And it's a matter of whether or not I'm being a vehicle that day, I guess, you know? Yeah. um, The day to day thing, I don't think is, I think that's just a, about getting into like people call it flow and other parts of uh, culture. You know, you're in the flow you, and that's, that's like a state of being that you can get into whether you're playing music or doing something else. 
So I, I don't, and I think that that's what they're, those people are talking about being. And so some people say that that's, you know, connecting to a spirit or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that way, but, um, doesn't mean that it's not valid. Have you worked on that at all? Like specifically practiced on, um, not necessarily, I, I kind of refer to that as like headspace, like focusing on like making sure that you, that you work on like being in the right headspace um, before you go to play or whatnot. So that you're not just going through the motions. Like, have you specifically worked on how to, to do that with yourself? Have I worked on it specifically? Hmm. Or have you ever like consciously thought about that concept? I have thought about the concept in general, but if you try, if you try to do it, that it, it's not it, you know? Right. It's, it's almost counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really try to do it. You just have to be in the mode of doing it. So for me, it takes a, it, it takes more than one day. Like if you're on a tour and you're doing, you know, sets back to back night, night to night, that's how I can get into more of a flow state and during performance, you know, uh, more so than, anything else but i think you can get into it just in a practice too it's it's whenever you're practicing and you know didn't notice that an hour went by that's flow you know that's the right. same thing right um and it could which be is so with, it could, when you're just be withing ugh sorry i can't speak it could just be you're with another person that you enjoy and you don't notice you know there's a lot of things in life that you can get into that same flow state but sometimes when we're concentrating so hard on playing we don't get, we don't get there you know Right, right, right. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's just uh, like one of those other things that, that like I think forces you into that state or whatever is like when you do like an intensive, you know, when I was up at Ravinia or whatnot. And like by the end of it, you're getting into that, that stage where like you're used to waking up every day and like being creative or, or whatever you want to describe it as, you know. And then, you know, their message at the end is always just like, all right, well, leave here and like, make sure you still do this and then you get home and you're you just realize that like it doesn't no no matter what you do at home right now is going to compare to that experience you know and so now like you spend your time at home being like how do i get close to that again you know yeah it takes being yeah you got to create that situation for yourself again i don't know yeah it's a tough it's a tough one it's a tough thing to you know put into into words and it's not really like a educational concept it's like more of like a personal thing you know sure but this is definitely i think uh the topics that would and have come up in the hang (laughs) yeah no of course no of course i'm just uh, i'm just like yeah i don't know how to if i i'm just saying like if i had a student sitting next to me and i was teaching a lesson i was trying to explain it there's not really until you experience what that is through jazz or otherwise, you know, you can't really create it. You just get into, you have to become obsessed with something. But anyway, I, we're going to have to wrap up here. Some uh, student at my door. So this has been yeah. uh, a nice, unexpected uh, <laughs> direction for the hang, but we'll be back soon. Uh, check out outsideinmusic.com and all of our Spotify playlists. We just started a new weekly new music playlist called New jazz mondays you can see what came out the week before and then our monthly this is jazz today playlist that alan so expertly has been uh, curating for the last almost two years now so there's all those two 
uh, go and check out. So thanks for being here and uh, we'll catch you all real soon.